Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, we are discussing Jessica Jones, Season 3, Episode 12, a.k.a. A Lot of Worms. All that right after this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. Well, Jeff Randall, okay, let me just say before I uh, break down in anger. uh, Okay. Spoiler alert. Now, <laughs> spoiler alert, episode 12, about to talk about it. So if you don't, if you don't know, because I'm going to jump right to the end. Screw Trish, right? Come on, Trish. Right? What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you even thinking? Uh, You're not. All right. So the, the, the thrust of this episode is Jessica has a genius scheme. She, she makes Salinger think he has the upper hand. He gets her in the chair, tries to take pictures of her while he prepares to kill her and it turns out it's all been a trick to get him to admit his uh involvement in dorothy walker's death uh and then she goes and kills him anyway in custody trish does yeah i was like just did not do that sorry misplaced uh pronoun there it's okay it's okay i think uh, i think we all understood everybody who would be listening to this uh, is also feeling those feelings of damn it, Trish. I'm, I'm assuming at least. Yeah. I mean, there is a bit of relief, you know, like he's finally gone. Yeah. 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 You know, you know, I was on board with killing him to begin with. Uh, if, if he can't be caught, like I, I'm, I still do think that catching him is the better option. It's the more moral, more ethical option. But if he is outsmarting you at every turn and the cops can't do, I mean, it's, it's the punisher rule of, see, this is where, well, I don't know. Would the Punisher do this? Would the Punisher do this? No, he would not have. The Punisher would have just straight up killed him when he found out that he was a murderer. Well, yes, but in custody, would the Punisher do this? Probably. I wonder, because that's the whole thing about Punisher, is he takes down the people that the system can't. Like that, at least that's, that's, like the people that are too powerful or too protected, he says, screw your protection, he goes in and kills them. At least that's the way I view the Punisher. And that's why, it, earlier in the season, I was on board with killing Salinger, because the government and the cops weren't, people were dying, and the government wasn't able to stop him. You know, they weren't able yeah. to prove their case. But we knew, our heroes knew, and so in that case, I am not totally opposed to the murder of a supervillain. Yeah, he's not super, though. No, I, I agree. Well, he's he's super creepy. He's, he is, but that doesn't qualify him to be a super. I mean, he's a supervillain in the same vein of Lex Luthor. I mean, he doesn't have the money, but he has the he has a skill set and a mind that is allowing him to evade the police. Yeah, I wouldn't consider Lex Luthor a supervillain either. Oh, come on. Now you're just no. arguing your case to argue your case. Lex Luthor is like the definition of a supervillain. No. I, I I get what you're saying. You're making a distinction between a powered individual and a supervillain. Or like that, that being a supervillain requires you to be a powered individual. Yeah, it's kind of by definition. I disagree, because it's clear to me that Batman is a superhero. He's not. He's a rich guy with a with a god complex. Sure, but he's also... One of the most commonly stated he's superheroes. A hero. He's a superhero. 
He's not. Yeah, nah, he's not a superhero. He's a hero. Oh, whatever. I've argued this since I was little. All right. Well, I I completely disagree. <laughs> I, I understand if you want if you want to make that your argument, that's fine. But that's that's a. Uh, we're just talking semantics here. This yeah, guy's yeah. a villain. This guy's a murderer. This guy's a this killer. guy's definitely a bad dude. The system can't bring him down. So we thought. Yes. Yeah, so we thought. And it, and it, it it took a lot to get there. It took a lot of bravery on Jessica's part to be in that chair. He had the knife like to her stomach once again. Like he was ready to stab her through. Yep. Um, I don't know if she, if he'd gone a little sooner, if he had not waited as long. She she might have been more vulnerable than she realized. Yeah. Well, I mean, she did. She lied about the the not being able to move. So oh, sure, sure, sure. I think that she she wasn't in any like extreme jeopardy, but she was definitely in a in a you know in a bad situation. But I think that she was mostly in control the whole time. Yeah, she did have to put up that facade though to uh, to kind of be like, oh, you know, you you got me. Sure, but on a rewatch, watching that scene right right, right before she, he, she breaks down and grabs his arm and and takes him out uh, and says, "I did lie about one thing." Uh, she, he has the he has the knife to her chest or stomach, like ready to yeah. stab. Like I don't know that. She's not a super speedster, you know. Like there was there, yeah. there was definitely some yeah. risk to her life and limb there, you know. Yeah, there was, but I, I think she was in control, or at least she she thought she was. <laughs> she thought she was in control. That's for sure. She was fine with it. Yep, yep. She's like, good. It's fine. I I was a little sad because the beginning of this episode, she's in a an interrogation room. And they're, and she's talking about how she's played their game and basically played within, she's colored within the lines, as Hogarth put it a couple of episodes ago. She's trying to be a hero and abide by the law. And do the right thing. Do the right thing, but not just do the right thing, but do it, uh, in where the law is concerned. Yeah, within the confines of what these people think is the right thing. Right. So like Daredevil is constantly breaking the law. Even though he's a, you know, officer of the law, he's constantly breaking it when it can't, uh, you know, do the thing. He's, so far in the season, and I think it's since her mother's death, Jessica has tried to do everything lawfully. And, and she's working with Costa, and Costa has told her, you know, watch, watch yourself, stay on the right side of the line. And she has, and then the beginning of this episode, she says, I'm tired of playing their game. I'm not going to play their game. And then she says, I'm not going to play their game anymore and start, walks over and gets ready to rip the door open and, and escape and just like go do the, go, go stop Trish and stop Salinger and just do what she needs to do. And at that exact moment, the cop opens the door and says, Hey, you trying to get a escape charge? <laughs> And I just thought, oh, I was like, oh, no. Oh, I wanted to see it. I wanted to see it so bad. <laughs> I wanted the last two episodes to be Jessica, like, going all on the lamb. Well, just, like, being her superpowered self and using her superpowers to just do the right thing, regardless of what anyone tries to tell her, kind of. I just was, I don't know. I don't know that that would have been a satisfying end for her character, but I would have liked to see it. It would have been a fun episode. Yeah, it it kind of goes against her just her whole her whole character. You know, she's a she's a PI, so you know she hunts down the the people doing the bad things when she's getting paid to. But she does like she uses the law to her advantage most of the time for sure. And 
you know, occasionally she'll break into places, but like that's the worst that she does is well, she's trespassed, broken the law a few times. I mean, she tampered with evidence this season, but that was for she's every everything she's done. Most of the things she does to break the law are generally really to protect people. To save Trish, for instance, uh, she was willing to break the law, willing to set Salinger free, willing to do very much the wrong thing if it meant saving the person that's most important to her. So, like, Trish notwithstanding, (laughs) yeah, she usually does everything within the confines of the law. So, I think going off the, uh, going off the reservation a little bit to, you know, just be super powered for a couple of episodes would have gone, especially in the, at the end, like, probably would have gone against everything that she's established for the past three seasons. Well, I completely agree with Jeff's point there. Uh, I just thought it was a fun moment. But here's the thing. Uh, After Jeff said what he just said, uh, my computer did a weird thing where it turned everything we recorded from that point on into nothing but static. Never happened before. Uh, but let me do, uh, because it's now too late and Jeff has gone to bed, I'm going to kind of recap our conversation a little bit. We went on to talk about a few of the cool moments in this episode, particularly, uh, my favorite comedy moment is when, and I think Jeff's too, is that when, uh, Jess grabs Trish and throws her across the buildings. That was pretty epic. The other thing that we really wanted to point out, um, and we spent a good bit of time talking about, in a conversation that is no longer recoverable is the fact that they had these really two interesting conversations this episode between Trish and Malcolm with where she was chained up and between Jess and Salinger when she was chained up or so we thought. They were both really neat scenes that uh, really dove into the motivations of characters and had some of the ethical discussions we've been having here on the cast about uh, how far is too far, uh, when does someone cross the line, when does someone need vigilante justice, like all of that was interesting, and whether murder is okay if it saves lives, uh, and and whose choice is it to make. Uh, that, that, that was really neat that they finally actually dove into those questions directly on the show. We were always having those conversations here on the podcast and they just had like two long conversations about those questions this episode, particularly the Trish and Malcolm conversation mirrored a lot of things we've talked about. And one of our favorite, my favorite points, um, that was made was the idea that that also is almost the exact conversation, uh, with the parties reversed that Daredevil and Punisher have in Daredevil season two. Uh, so I just thought that was really neat and I didn't want to, we only had a few minutes left of the cast when that, uh, computer mishap happened, but I just wanted to go ahead and drop those two thoughts in your ears because I thought those were really cool. Um, and then the Salinger and Jessica conversation was also really interesting, but it was mostly just her manipulating him. Uh, it was a little less, uh, a, a parallel to that Daredevil scene and more just Jessica being Jessica because she's awesome. Uh, really loving this season. I think this is, is rivaling season one for me, uh, because Trish has become a really interesting character that we really care about, but now she's gone bad and we have to deal with that. And I, and I think it's really awesome. It, 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 she, she as a villain is rivaling, um, Kill, kill Gray for me, which says a lot because I love David Tennant's work so much. All right. We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. Uh, if you want to get our episodes faster and ad-free, you can go over to our Patreon where you can get that and uh, d- subscribe for any amount and you get the, the, the uh, episodes ad-free and earlier generally than they come out here. Uh, we, we basically only drop one a day on the main feed, but on Patreon we drop them 
as fast as we can record them. So, uh, if you, if you dug this, please support us over on Patreon and, uh, or just check us out on social media or, uh, subscribe on your podcatcher and click the likes and the follows and the reviews and all those things really help us out. It helps us, uh, continue to do the show, honestly. So thank you for listening. If you want more from me, I have the Star Trek Universe podcast and the Orville Universe podcast, which will be live on iTunes in just a few days. So it's it's already submitted, ready to go. Uh, so thank you for listening. If you want to hear my music, search for Matthew Carroll anywhere you get music. Until next time, true believers.